What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the CS Joseph Podcast. Today's question, which side of the mind of an INFP is the most masculine? I could totally see why this question was asked. A lot of people are not really aware how, you know, with the INFP four sides of the mind, you have the INFP ego, you have the ESTJ subconscious, you have the ENFJ uh, unconscious, and you have the ISTP superego. But they had three, uh, you know, the three non-superego sides, they're all affiliative. All about focus on doing the right thing, being interdependent instead of independent, etc. And that can basically cause a lot of uh, a lot of problems. As you guys have probably figured out right by now, I'm on a beach. It's pretty nice here. Check that out. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dope. So, got that uh, full view there. And trust me, I'd, uh, I'd actually like have a nice view behind this video right now, but the difference is, is that the wind is coming at me and uh, the microphone would have to be facing into the wind and that's just not going to work for me or you. So we're gonna have to do it this way and you'll just have to listen to the waves crashing on the beach uh, just as is. It's uh, pretty fantastic to uh, have the opportunity to come out here so and I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about that. So yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, which of the four sides of the mind of the INFP is the most masculine? Well, really, at the honestly, it's it's the ISTP superego. It absolutely is the mo the most masculine of the four. The problem INFPs end up, especially INFP men. The problem INFP men have is that they rarely in their life use their superego until they're much older. And it's really hard for them to tap into that masculine power. This has often led to a lot of arguments throughout the CSJ community saying that, okay, well, you know, I thought you said ISFJs were the most feminine of all of the 16 types. But if you actually look at it from a nature perspective on paper, the INFP is actually the most feminine. To which I would say, yes, you're technically right about that. However, the problem is, is that when you look at colloquialism or human nurture as defined by Western society, technically on paper, oftentimes the INFP is seen to be more masculine than an ISFJ man. The reason for that is because INFPs, given that they have you know, their, their sloth deadly sin and their secondary deadly sin of pride, um, <laughs> well, these deadly sins, uh, like spe specifically sloth, um, one of the uh, ways in which they can become slothful, etc., versus you know taking the initiative, which would be more on their living virtue side. Uh, INFPs are all about authority and gaining authority, and because it's like so important to them, authority and having authority is so important to them, or being an authority on a subject that they can draw their masculine energy, they draw their masculine power as an INFP man from their authority, their, from whatever office they hold or whatever position of power that they have. This is one of the reasons why Robert Greene studied power because power is ultimately what gives a person authority. 
he was trying to study power so he can give himself more authority in his life. It's like his own philosopher's stone, the 48 laws of power, his philosopher's stone that he created so that he can always guarantee that he has some aspect of authority in his life. And it's through managing all of that information, managing that knowledge with his ESTJ subconscious that he's actually to behave in a masculine way because he realizes that power intrinsically is actually putting self above tribe. If you really actually think about it, power itself is a masculine force, right? And one cannot have authority unless they have power. And uh, oftentimes, INFPs have a hard time figuring that out. They have a hard time understanding exactly how power works. This is why every INFP out there should read The 48 Laws of Power. In fact, every book Robert Greene ever wrote for that reason. But again, it all stems from their desire to have authority. They're not trying to be masculine for masculine's sake. They're trying to be masculine so that they can have authority. And as much as I'm trying to be masculine so that I can have satisfaction and reverence in my life, right? That's just kind of the direction that it's going, right? So they really want that authority. It's all about authority. And once they have authority, then they can behave in a masculine way with that authority. But if they don't have authority, they're not ever really going to feel masculine. But how do they get that authority? It really comes down to understanding intrinsically and extrinsically how power actually works and how they can get power, basically. That's why power is so important to ESTJs and INFPs alike because they both share this need or this desire for authority in their life. It's more of a desire than a need, actually. It's way more of a desire than a need, but uh, that's why like, you look at ESTJs and INFPs, how they actually structure their life or how they live their life. It's always from the perspective of gaining more authority. But again, to do that, they need the masculine force known as power. And because their internal source of masculinity for INFPs is their superego, anytime they try to access that masculine energy, it's out of control. It's innately destructive to the point where it can alienate every person in their life. It could take away, uh, take away options. It could take away their own personal sense of security. Uh, away because of the uh, consequences as a result of using the destructive force that is their ISTP demon within. And that can really just inhibit them in a lot of ways. So oftentimes they're kind of caught behind a rock in a hard place. Hey, that's where my masculine energy is, but how do I get to it? So they have to learn a process or a system through self-discipline. When their interest is, hey, I want more authority in my life, but they have to actually develop a system of power. And that is where their ESTJ subconscious comes in. Their ESTJ subconscious is very systematic. And they have to study and practice power and figure out how to gain power and how to use power in a wise manner, right? If they don't do this, they're more likely to go deeper into their shadow, their ENFJ side, which will get them closer to their superego. And then they'll just end up being destructive again. And then all the problems that comes as a result of using their ISTP demon uh, ends up coming back. So they have to do it in a very disciplined manner. They have to do it in the opposite way. And they do this by following a procedure. They look at what other people 
in power, they know that people who do have power, they figure, okay, well, what do you do? What's your standard? What's your principle? What are those principles? And this is what Robert Greene did when he wrote the 48 Laws of Power, okay? He's just identifying other principles of other people, basically, and then using those principles for himself so that he can, quote, mimic them. So this ends up becoming like this fake it until you make it approach to power because it's like if they use their actual power through their own internal masculine energy, it's extremely destructive and they just can't do it. They'll harm themselves and harm other people. It's like knowledge that lacks containment, the difference between nuclear power versus nuclear weapons. It's completely different. So to avoid that, they need to understand power. They need to create a system around managing power and then use that system so that they can mimic those who have power. And through mimicry, eventually they gain themselves power. They gain themselves what they want most, which is ultimately authority. And that is literally the pathway that INFP men have, the main pathway that they have in order for them to become masculine. Again, put self above tribe. The thing is though, is that when they, re they, they all end up coming to a reason, and this is a very important piece of wisdom for those of you who are considering power and trying to gain power, especially if you're an ESTJ or an INFP out there, because this applies to both, is that you have to understand the importance of leadership. Leadership is taking power you already have and delegating it or giving it to another person and then allowing that person to operate with your power, basically. And then you hold, all you have to do is just hold them responsible and hold them accountable for that power. That's what leadership is. But if you don't, if you have power, but you do not exert leadership, you will lose that power. You will lose that authority. And then you as an INFP will no longer feel masculine. It's not that you actually are being masculine. It's just that you won't feel masculine anymore because having authority is how you start to feel masculine. And yes, you can, you, you can exert your authority over others. You can put self above tribe, but the problem is, is that every time you end up doing that in a masculine way, you're going to end up losing that power and authority. Think about it. The most masculine of all the types is the ESTP. Show me an ESTP who is actually in a position of authority. I see Joe Biden, he's in a position of authority. He is an ESTJ. Tell me, has there ever been an ESTP uh, president of the United States before? The answer is no. No, there hasn't been. Okay, so think about that. Think about that. Like masculinity is not necessarily the pathway to authority. You might wanna consider that. So you may have to mimic masculine traits in order to get authority, but to keep your authority, to keep power, you have to utilize a skill and develop a skill known as leadership. And let me tell you something, folks, the most masculine of all the types, ESTPs, ISTPs, they really struggle in the leadership area. Where and even INTJs, they also really struggle in leadership areas. ENTJ is really out of the top four masculine types the one that can understand authority properly and exert power, you know, you know, accordingly. I mean, just look at the example given by Cersei Lannister, an ESTJ, in um, in Game of Thrones. She uh, threatens Littlefinger, 
and says power is power after turning her guards on him, etc. Power is power. What she doesn't understand is that she's not exerting proper leadership and that's why her power is ultimately taken away from her as she does her little walk of shame. So understand that that INFPs will be your fate if you do not do this properly. So remember, it's not necessarily being masculine more so than it is feeling masculine as a result of mimicking masculine, a form of fake it until you make it. You gotta understand what the source of, you know, and once, you, once, you're, once you're an authority, yeah, sure, you, you look masculine, doesn't necessarily mean you are masculine per se. Again, it's all about self above tribe. Most times INFPs conflate that, you know, this is like the direction they have to go in order to be masculine. No. Your path in life to gain more authority does not necessarily mean you're gonna be masculine. The thing is that you can lose your authority with masculine behavior. So really you're gonna to have to learn how to be masculine via your super ego through integration throughout your life. So it really becomes the most difficult thing for INFPs out of all of the 16 types to actually, especially INFP men, you know, obviously to learn how to be masculine. It will take their entire life to develop the skills to put self above tribe in the most meaningful way. So, uh, good luck with that. Otherwise, just please consider all these dynamics because all these, you know, apply directly to, you know, your sense of masculinity as a result. So, anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching and I'll see you guys tonight.